0: We, we, we've heard this story about Kanye West for a while. For those of you, y'all you who don't know who Kanye West is, he is, a, he is a famous rapper, multimillionaire, married to one of the Kardashians, drama, 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 TV all over the place, made scandalous comments, um, did all kinds of awful, awful things, um, wrote some hideous, trashy songs, awful songs. And everybody loved him. They praised him for his trashiness. They lifted him up because of his vulgarity and, and his depravity. And the minute that he found Jesus Christ, many of them turned their backs on him and have shunned him. And you heard that. Did you, did, I never thought I'd ever hear Kanye West say, they're walking dead because they don't know him, they have not awakened. I mean, to hear somebody who was so utterly lost in their sins and so publicly reveling in their sins because they didn't know Jesus, because he didn't know Jesus. All of his hurt, pain, shame was pushed through this lens of artistry and and music, and it was put out there for everybody else who'd ever been hurt, who'd ever been in, in a bad situation. And people resonated with it, and they wanted it, And so they turned around and and people reveled in his music and they related to it. But then he comes face to face with the creator of heaven and earth. And there was absolutely nothing, there was absolutely nothing that could change who he was except Jesus. And now he's a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us anybody who's in Christ is a new creation. The old is past, the new has come. The old Kanye is dead. The old Kanye is gone, and the new has come. And so today, my. listen, just so y'all are aware, I hate titling my sermons, right? So if you see a stupid title to a sermon, that was because I got tired of doing it, okay? And so this morning's title is Pedigree, right? And you'll kind of see a little bit about where I'm coming from with the idea of pedigree, Paul is going to lay out for us a little bit of his history, a little bit of his past as we jump into this passage today. But if you want, really want to get the full pedigree of Paul and where he came from and who he was, take a closer look at Philippians or the book of Acts. That's a, that's a better source. But, but I think a better, title, a better title for today is Testimony. And you'll see why. And, and so I wish I had these epiphanies a month ago, right? But as I was, as I was marinating on it and, and preparing for, for today, I just I came up with testimony. It's so much better because it is the story of how it's not just the nuts and bolts. It's not just the facts of the gospel, but it's about real life change. And it's about how God really changes us. And we saw that in that story about how God really changed Kanye, and the things that we hold, that we hold, those sins that we think are the worst, man, he reveled in those sins, and God changed his heart forever. And so, this morning, I would say that as we look at our own lives, what's your testimony? I have. I can't tell you how many times. I've heard stories and seen it myself where I would teach a class on evangelism and I would be talking to people about sharing their testimony and what does that look like and how do you do it? How do you share your story with other people? How do you share your testimony? And as I would, one of the exercises that I would have people do, and I would invite you to do this yourself just for, just for the experience, it'll help you share your story later on, is to write out your testimony. How did you get saved? How did you get saved? Tell me your story. Write it out. And when you do that, what's happened to so many people is they get to the, well, I grew up in church, and I was a good kid, and we prayed around the dinner table, blah, 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 blah. And they finally come to a place where they say, there was never a point where I went from death to life. I grew up in church. I was a churchy kid, but I could not tell you when I went from death to life. Now, just because you can't tell me when you went from death to life doesn't mean you haven't done it. Right, But for some people, I would say, if you know that you've surrendered your life and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are a Christian. But so many people doing this exercise have come to the point of saying, hey, Will, I didn't put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I put my faith and trust in the church. And that's not good. Because church can't save you. We are the church of Jesus Christ because he saved us. So don't put the cart before the horse. The tail doesn't wag the dog, right? So let's make sure that we are saved, that we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ alone, and then we can be the body of Christ, the church that he's called us to be. So let's look at Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 11, going to verse 24. Verse 24. "...for I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin, for I did not receive it from a human source, and I was not taught it, but it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ." For you have heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who from my mother's when God... From who from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas and I stayed with him uh, 15 days, but I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ. They simply kept hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Everyone's got a story. Everyone's got a story. Paul's story was that he was a Pharisee. I mean, he tells them in Philippians that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. That he was zealous for the Lord. That he loved God. He loved the law. He wanted to live out the law. He wanted to persecute the church because he thought it was a false teaching of God. He thought it was heresy and blasphemy so he persecuted the church. Everyone's got a story. Everyone has a story. And the thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you grew up in church. Man kudos to you. Man kudos, well not really kudos to you. Kudos to your parents. Right? If your parents raised you in church, if your parents taught you the Word of God, if your parents spent time praying with you and praying over you, and you came to know the Lord that way, that's awesome! But you were still a dirty, rotten sinner! Before you came to know Jesus, you were still a dirty, rotten sinner! No matter matter how much of a goody-goody you may have been. Maybe pride was the sin that you reveled in. Didn't mean for that to rhyme. But... Whatever it is, we all have a story, right? My story, some of you guys know some of my story. A lot like Paul. I mean, I didn't kill people or whatever, but like when when Paul came into the church, he wasn't accepted because they knew his past, they knew his story. And so I was at this small school called Wingate University. Has anybody ever heard of Wingate? Praise the Lord. All right. So I was at Wingate University, and I had, so first semester, so I'm coming out of military school, right? And I didn't go to military school because I was super disciplined, okay? I went because I was a bad kid. And so when I got to military school, it was all like, you're going to eat this way, talk this way, dress this way, walk this way, right? Everywhere. I did everything they were told. So when I got to college, it was like they cut me loose, right? First semester, I joined a fraternity, right? Which just meant that I really wanted to, really wanted to buckle down and take my partying seriously, And so I got in there, you name it, I did it. Um, I was a rough guy. I was a rough guy um, in every sense of the word. And so, and that carried on throughout my freshman year, throughout my sophomore year. I was a rough guy internationally. I I did bad things, leave it at that. But then, I went home for Christmas break my junior year, and, and in that, the Lord got a hold of my heart. And you probably heard some of that during the candlelight service that we did this year, where I shared how I got saved over Christmas break. And, and in the same way that Kanye said in his video that people had been praying for him and praying over him, people did the same thing for me. My mom and all her friends, even though I tried to pretend like I was a good churchy kid when I was around them, they knew I was, they knew I was living it up as a sinner. So they had been praying for me and praying over me and praying for God's conviction to fall upon me. And then when I got saved and I gave my life to Jesus Christ and everything changed, I went back to that little school, Wingate University, and I found the, the only guy that I really knew was a Christian on campus, Matt Blair. Big dude, great pipes, awesome singer. Went right to Matt and said, hey, Matt, listen, man, I got to tell you what happened. I yelled at him from across the campus. If y'all haven't heard my voice when I yell, it's loud, right? It's a little loud. So I yelled, and he thought, oh, man, this dude's about to whoop me, you know? But I, and I come charging right at him and said, man, i got to tell you what happened, man. And so I just, laid out the, I just laid out my story of how I got saved. Matt's crying. I'm crying. And then he said, man, you got to tell your story at the Christian Student Union. And I thought, well, man, that that'll be cool. I'll tell my story at the at this, this gathering called the Christian Student Union with all these other Christians. And I thought, man, this is going to be cool. We can praise God together for what he did. And, 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 and it's kind of my, my, my way of telling people, hey, I'm a Christian. I've been baptized, all this other stuff. I went to the Christian Student Union and I was sitting there before everything got started. And as I was sitting there, people walked in and they just looked at me. Like, what are you doing here? And I'd hear people snickering and looking at me. Like, what's that guy doing in here? I didn't look like them. I didn't, I didn't have the, the Christian haircut. I didn't have the Christian t-shirts or the, the Christian stuff, the wristbands and all the other stuff. I didn't fit in. And so they, they kind of shunned me a little bit. And, 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 and I don't think they knew that they were even doing it. I think it was just natural. But then I stood up and I shared the story and many of them came to me after the afterwards, just tears running down their face, asking my forgiveness because they realized that they had judged me. They realized that they had looked on me the wrong way. They realized in that moment that God had done something miraculous in my life, that God had convicted me of my sin, that God had called me to salvation, and that I was a new creation in Christ. And we rejoiced together because of what He did. But let me tell you, Sometimes, sometimes, brothers and sisters, we don't, people don't want to come to church. People don't want to come to church because they feel like they're not going to fit in. People don't want to come to church because they're afraid they're going to feel judged. People don't want to come to church because they're afraid people are going to look down on them. Please don't ever forget that you have a story. You have a past. Every single one of us has a past. And we should never forget that past because that past reflects the grace of God poured out on our lives. Amen. We shouldn't forget where we come from. right? Not that we can revel in it and brag about how bad we were. We don't revel in it and brag about how awful we were to other people or the sins that we committed. But we're honest because it reflects God's grace in saving us from ourselves. Um, so we all have a past. We all have a story Maybe this morning, you came here this morning. Maybe you came here this morning under the burden of your own story. Maybe you came here this morning under the burden of your own sin and your past. You've played church. You've been a good Christian. You've done all the Christian stuff. You speak Christianese. But have you, have you really given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you really become a new creation? We see in verse 13 that Paul was a persecutor of the church. Just think about this. No matter how bad your story is, you didn't kill Christians. So it it can't be worse than that, right? Holy Gospel, verses 11 and 12. We see in in this passage in verses 11 and 12, he says, For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from a human source, and I was not taught it but it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. Man, this word that I am preaching to you today is not out of cleverness on my part. It's not. But now, hear me out. Now, I did sit down and study. I did sit down and look at these verses. I did think about how I wanted to put it out here. But the word of God doesn't need all of that. Right? And let me tell you this. While I may have gone to school for it, and I may have studied for it, and I may have done all this other stuff so that I can deliver it to you, There's nothing special about me. There is nothing special about me. You can pick this up and read it for yourself. I encourage you, please, pick it up and read it for yourself. I encourage you, fact check the preacher. Because sometimes he's wrong. Read it for yourself. Ingest it. Bring it in here. Internalize it. Make it personal. This is God's story of redemption, not just for me, It's God's story of redemption for you and for all the other people that he wants to reach through you. Right? It's a personal story of gospel, and it's not one of those things that we just came up with. Paul didn't just come up with it. It is by holy revelation that God gave that to him. Right? It is the holy gospel. Then we see what Paul does. So Paul receives the gospel, and he says... um, Verse 13, For you heard about my former way of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church, and I tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. Right? So, man, he, chased after the, he was chasing after the law. He was living out for trying to do the right things. He was zealous. He persecuted the church. Bad dude. Far from God. Maybe this morning, you're a bad dude. You're far from God. Maybe you're living a lie. You don't know how you're going to get out from under it. Maybe you even think, and it's just this small voice that whispers this in your ear. It just drips this venomous lie into your soul that says, you're not good enough. God can never forgive what you did. Hey, don't forget about when you did this. God can't forgive that. You did this, and God's never going to forgive that. Those lies, that venom that just drips into our soul sometimes. But then, verse 15 the first three words of verse 15 is a game changer. But when God, but when God, we've done horrible things, we've done bad things. We've sinned against heaven and earth. We have sinned against our creator. We have a story. We have a past. We've done bad things. We don't feel worthy. But God. Verse 15. But when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart, called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles. Let me stop real quick. But when God, who from my mother's womb set me apart. Let me say this, if you are lost in your sin, if you are far away from God, if you've played church your whole life and you're not saved, God still has a plan for your life. God's plan doesn't kick in for your life when you get saved. God's been master and controlling everything since before you were born. God is sovereign. He is over everything. So let me say this to you, Christian, the one who does believe, the one who does profess faith in Jesus Christ. If you're in the middle of a storm and you can't tell which way is up, if you're fighting through things in life and life is whooping you, anybody been there? When you're in that moment, God is still in control. It doesn't necessarily make the clouds go away. It doesn't necessarily make the wind roar a little less. But it means that the one who controls the wind and the waves and the clouds is in control and we will get through it. We will get through it. And God is in control and He does love you intimately. From before He knitted you together in in your mother's womb, He knew you. And He does have a plan for your life. Don't give up. But when God who set... But when God, whom from my mother's womb set me apart and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I could preach Him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas. And I stayed with him 15 days. But I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Think about this. Have any of y'all ever been to a training camp for sports? A training camp? I went to a. I was a wrestler growing up, right? That was my sport, man. I loved it, right? When you step on the mat, it's just you and one other dude. If you get, if you get whooped, it's because he was better than you, right? You can't blame nobody else, right? Um, it was just one of those things. I loved it. Well, I went to a training camp, and they had us doing some of the craziest stuff, right? Like, we're doing, like, trying to stand on our head and do all kinds of weird stuff and doing stuff to strengthen our forearms and our shoulders and all this other stuff. It was an intentional time of learning and training and learning new techniques and strengthening up your weaknesses. So think about this. Paul, Paul's world, Paul's whole world was Judaism. His whole world was keeping the law. Everything he knew was about trying harder, was about trying harder and relying on himself. Everything shifted in that one instance. He went from keeping the law to living in grace. What a transition, what a change to to hear that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. To try to process in his mind that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. That's a lot to wrap your mind around. Everything you've learned from a kid has been about the law. And now, all of a sudden, this resurrected Jesus says, Hey, I am the fulfillment of the law, and I'm about to send you out to tell the good news to Gentiles. That would have gone directly against the grain of everything that Paul knew. Because the good news wasn't for the Gentiles, it was for the Jews, right? But if we, go back to, if we go back to Genesis 15, we see that God told Abraham, and I will make you a blessing to all nations. Paul is about to be a part of God fulfilling that blessing from Genesis 15. Jesus is the ultimate blessing of all nations in bringing salvation to the world. And so so for Paul he needed some time to train and to prepare. If you're a new creation, if you're a new Christian, if you're a new believer, take time to prepare. But it's an active thing that we do. And sometimes hear me on this. Sometimes we come into the church and the church has got really cool programs and the church has got some really cool events and we plug in, and we just kind of sit, right? We plug in, we get into our routine, and we just sit. Training is intentional. Training is intentionally stretching yourself. Training is intentionally being pushed to the next level, right? In your faith, you need to be pushed to the next level, You need to train to be a better disciple. You need to be trained to go out and reach more people. You need to be trained on how to use your gifts and your talents and your passion to expand God's kingdom. Paul went through an intentional time of pulling away to train. And some of us need to go to training camp. Because we got to know Jesus and we got into our Christian routine And we forgot that we need to train. And some of us have forgotten what we're training for. Hear me, church. God did not call you. He is not training you. He has not put you in this place at this time for you to learn his word, for you to sit here on Sunday mornings. That ain't what this is about. The gospel, the call of Christ on your life, It's not about being a good church member. It is not about being churchy. It is not about listening to the right music, wearing the right clothes, doing the do's and the don'ts. It's about being a disciple of Jesus Christ who takes the good news out into a lost and dying world. And if we're not doing that, we are missing the mark. Let me be direct. If you're not doing that, you're missing the mark. That's why you were created. You were created to know and commune with your Creator and bring brothers and sisters in Christ into His house. Brothers and sisters, we train. We train so that we can minister the gospel to other people. That's what we do, that's what God's called us to do. And Sunday school is a great place for you to learn. Sunday school is a great place for you to learn. But you have to be intentional in desiring to learn and to grow. Let's be honest. You can sit in that Sunday school class and never really learn. And it's not because your teacher's not doing a great job. It's because you're going through the motions. You can sit in here every single Sunday and not learn. And then tell me, Pastor, that was a great sermon. I really enjoyed that. That changed my life. Right? But the reality is this. What if? I'm not saying all this to beat you up. I want to motivate you. I want to motivate you because I want you to run with me. Dream with me for a second. What would happen? What would happen if every single one of us in this room got serious about training as a disciple? What if we got serious about training in God's Word and knowing and learning God's Word with the intent, learning it with the intent that we're going to share it? What if you came in this room with the intent of, I'm going to learn the Word so that I can share it? What if you came into your Sunday school class with, I'm going to learn it so I can share it? If we intentionally train in the gospel so that we can reach other people, what would happen? you would see a movement of God in Johnson County like we've never seen before. It's not about growing Bethesda Baptist Church. God's going to take care of that. It's about growing the kingdom of God. So let me encourage you in in your own personal walk, where you are right now. Are you committed to training in the good news? So that you can live out the good news in a lost and dying world. That's between you and the Lord. Major shift in theology. Major life change. Prep for purpose. Verse 21. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ. They simply kept hearing he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Two things that I want you to come away with. I know the points on paper said he went to Syria and Cilicia. Yeah, he gained a reputation for the gospel. Here's the two points I want you to hear this morning. I, I want to shift that up a little bit. One, he actively, he actively went, intentionally went and served. Where are you intentionally going and serving? Where are you intentionally being the light of Christ out in a dark place? And you may say, Well, I don't have opportunities. There are opportunities everywhere. Build relationships. So, okay, I'm going to be honest. So, I've been going to Clayton Fitness the past couple weeks, right? If you can't tell. Um, and on Fridays, I go in and play basketball. And I played basketball with a group of guys I I just met. Really nice guys. So this last week, I went and played with them. And there was two guys that were hanging around afterwards. And so we were shooting up a little bit. And I said, hey, look, we're going to play a game of 21. I'll make a deal with you. If I win, which, I mean, it would have been by the Lord's help if I would have won. If I win, y'all go to church with me on Sunday. And the guy said, you know, Will, I would have taken you up on that. Actually, he actually said, hey, Pastor. If, I, if, if you win, I'd have taken you up on that, but I have to work on Sunday. So this guy would have been open to coming to church. He would have been open to hearing this message. He would have been open to the gospel, but he had to work on Sunday. So that doorway is wide open for me to share the good news of Jesus Christ with his cat. And I will. Because I went and played basketball. Right? Because I realized I needed to go to the gym. What opportunities exist in your world? Think, look at your life, look at your interactions, look at your relationships through that lens. Listen to what they said about Paul in verse 21, he who form, or 23, he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith because uh, he once tried to destroy. He who once persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. People saw a shift and a change in his life. When we train for ministry, we do ministry. If you're training for ministry, go do ministry. And if you're doing that, do people see the shift and the change in your life? Do they see Jesus Christ shining through in you? Do they see it? And then here's the second part. Verse 24. And they glorified God because of me. You may be the most awesome at your job. You may be the most skilled, the most talented. You may be the greatest bridge builder ever, or box maker, or teacher, or janitor, or lawyer, well, whatever, or whatever. You may be the best at what you do. But is there anybody who will glorify God because of your life? When we intentionally live out the gospel with purpose, when we intentionally love people because Jesus loved us, the Holy Spirit will work on them. The same God who called you can call them. When we share that good news with people, we can see life change happen. And people will glorify God because of you. And to those of you who are serving and are doing, I want to say thank you. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. For those of you who go out of your way to share the good news of Jesus Christ with people, thank you for being the difference between life and death. And for those of you who are scared, it's okay. Let's trust in the God of creation who loved us and made us in his image that we could go and share his story of redemption and salvation with others. Church, it's time. It's time to make that dream come true. It's time for us to to train and to learn so that we can serve and love and watch what God does in the world around us because we chose to live with purpose. It's time. So this morning, as we get... As we go into this time of invitation, I want to encourage you, if you're not a believer, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if maybe you've played church, you've done all these things, but you've never really surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if that's you this morning, come talk to me. Let's talk. If maybe there's been that dripping in your soul that says you're not good enough, you have a story, you you can't be forgiven for that. I am telling you right now, you can be forgiven for that. And you can have new life in Jesus Christ. Let's talk about how you have new life in Christ. And maybe this morning you're a believer who says, maybe the Holy Spirit kindled something in you this morning that said, I'm ready to train. I'm ready to train with a purpose to do the ministry that Jesus Christ has called me to do. If that's you this morning, I I don't want you to, you can come and talk to me and we can pray together and I'll pray for you. We can do that. But I also let you know that this altar is open and if you want to come and just bow your knee in submission to God and just say to him, God, I am here. Take me, use me for your glory. That is between you and your maker. Church, I just entreat you Let's do it together. Let's be the family of Christ and let's go out and win more brothers and sisters for our maker and for our king. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus,